0: Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: When we think about being an entrepreneur, and we've seen it, especially with black women.
2: I also feel like as a black creator, we're always getting the short end of the stick. You just got to be careful because these brands will take advantage of you. Hey. I feel like this, like... What's up? Welcome to my crib or <laughs> How you doing? Good, how are you? Doing good, Troy. Jordan, nice to meet you. Good shot, Jordan, go. nice to meet you.
0: Yes, thank you for the hospitality.
2: Of course. This is where the magic happens.
0: Yes, yes, so wh- where are we at right now?
2: We are at the What's My Jordan headquarters at the moment. I'm going to show you guys kind of what's going on over here and Talk about
1: you know what it's like being an entrepreneur. You know one you know, thing or two about that. Yeah, be good. <laughs> I'm sure
2: you guys could teach me a few things too.
1: Each one teach one. That's what this is about.
2: Oh, I love that. I feel like that's what life's about,
0: actually. 100%. Wow, this, you, this is massive.
2: Yeah, some some big stuff going. <laughs> Let's so do it. these are my three products I have out right now. Okay. I decided to drop a mesh dress in the winter and shockingly, it did a lot better than uh, I was expecting it to be. So I'm excited about that. But if you guys wanna feel the material, Mm. um, the quality is there, that's like what I strive for. And I also feel like I wanted to bridge the gap of like fast fashion with luxury, Mm -hmm. because where's that in between where you're paying for quality, but you're not, you know, Hurting your pockets too much. Timeless clothes, pieces that will last you because of the quality um, at the most affordable price point I could possibly make it for people. So,
1: how, how involved are you in, in the design of, of the product? This, um, is, this is fly. This is fly. No,
2: I'm involved in every single step of the way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, hands can, on. we can get into more of that later of why I'm so hands on, but. Um, If I fail, at least I know where I went wrong, So, which I'm not going to fail. But it's just like when you're creating your own company, if you aren't hands-on with everything, then other people have excuses as to why it didn't work out.
1: Right.
2: Um, With me, I'm like, okay, if I'm hands-on with everything, then I can know what's going on every step of the way. And if I'm putting my own money into it, then I need to know what's going on every step of the way. So we have three. I mean, if you guys want to...
1: Yeah, see yeah. I, think I see yeah, a face peeking let's through let's here. let let's yeah, see.
2: Yeah, not everybody let's sees the I face, I see the face actually. peeking through here. Is
1: this, is, is, who, who? Who's the face? Is, is, is it somebody it important? It
2: is somebody important, but I think that's the beauty is the mystery of it.
1: <laughs> got the I don't black, know
2: if I should say who it
0: is. Very classic black dress. I want to get sued. <laughs> very important. <laughs> So it's it's the same material. I'll tell you guys
2: later. Yeah. It's the same material. This is actually our best seller, this sunset. This this one right here? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And I
2: just wanted to make clothes. Like, I love the versatility of mesh. That's why I started with mesh because it can be dressed up, down, out, on vacation. um, And it's really whatever you want to make it because you can piece it with whatever you want under. You can do more sexy, more conservative. Um, It looks good on all body types. and. I would say this is like one of the most flattering dresses I've seen on like every different type of person.
0: Um, Luxury, leisure.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. Let's, let, let's talk about this right here. This card, this, I'm assuming this comes with every purchase. It says, thank you for joining me on this journey. This is the beginning of something very special. So, where's this journey headed?
2: We're going, we're entering the woods, you know. Entering in, the woods. In the Ooh, woods. I like that. There's a lot of different aspects, but this is much bigger than just a clothing brand for me. I really want to take it in directions that people don't normally take like their clothing brand with doing a lot more art focused projects, um, connecting with culture, with local artists, um, bringing people together. And also like, I have a lot of cool pop-up ideas that I'm working on right now too that I've never seen done. So for me, it's like, Yes, it's clothing, but it's so much bigger than that. So, but yeah, we're we're going places. Just know. Just know.
0: So on this card, I see you know women in all different sizes. Um, is that important to highlight different body types?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're all born different, and that's the beauty of who we are. We're not supposed to look the same, and so me growing up as like a curvier woman or. A bigger girl. I'm a lot smaller than I used to be, so I know what it's like to try to go shopping and you can't find something that's as cute as everyone else because you mm-hmm. can't find it in your size. So for me, being able to relate to that type of woman, I definitely wanted to create something for all different body types. Yeah, so and that- even on the smaller scale, too, there's a lot of girls that are smaller that maybe can't find something that fits. So I wanted to try to make everyone feel involved and feel good because that's, that's what it's about.
1: So, I mean, that's the inspo. I feel like if we followed your, your journey, right? We, we watched in 2015, you as a model, you're an advocate, fitness became a big part of it. And this, this piece of the fashion part of it, is that something that was always part of your lifestyle growing up? Or as you grew as an adult, you're like, you know what, I, I have a niche for this thing.
2: Well, I would say when I was younger, I didn't really care about fashion as much because I was always discouraged by fashion. So I was a tomboy. I would wear like big baggy clothes, like my brother's big T-shirts, basketball shorts, whatever. I felt like could kind of hide my body and what made me feel comfortable. But as I got older and I was more involved in finding my own style and who I am just as a woman, clothing is like a huge part of all of our lives, whether you realize it or not. You're not going to leave the house. I mean, some people might leave the house naked, but every day, <laughs> got to get suggested, dressed. Not suggesting. When you feel good, it, you look good. And when you look good, you feel good. It all goes hand in hand. So I feel like clothing is a huge part of all of our lives, whether or not we realize it.
1: Drip responsibly. At all times. Drip <laughs> responsibly. At all times. Exactly. It's
0: very important. What's so- up? I was
2: trying to carry up all my luggage myself when I tell you I had the strength of God that day because I don't know how I did it
1: that's that's the real New York City experience (laughs) but
2: it grew me into the person I am today
1: indeed indeed there you have it. great way to start
0: yeah for sure so this is uh, a dope vibe here congratulations (laughs) thank you for sure so what even made you even want to start you know, in an entrepreneur world, I know, you know, originally we just talked about you were a model. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you even get the mind frame to become an entrepreneur?
2: I think when I think of entrepreneurial endeavors, I think of building your legacy. And for me, I did so many collaborations with different companies. They were successful, sold out a lot of different collections. And I'm like, if I'm making this amount of money, I can only imagine how much money the brand is making itself. And then I wanted to build something for myself, my legacy. And at the heart of it, I am feel like I'm a creative. Mm-hmm. And so I love just having ideas and making things come to life. And so it's not easy. The collaborations are way easier. <laughs> it's like you show up, you give your two cents, and they plan everything, and you get paid. So I get it, but having your own thing is so much more work but it's so much more rewarding so i feel like it's just me wanting to build my legacy and make things that i love and make things that i like dream to find or dream to buy and i can create it for other people
1: yeah when you talked about collaboration somebody has a product and now you're promoting that product but when it's your own i wonder what what gave you the vision to say this is the vision i want to have for a product when it's by me what were those like Early ideas?
2: In my lifetime, I have aspirations to make everything from (laughs) house products to you name it. Eyelashes, which I had my eyelash collab, beauty. I always wanted to actually make a skincare line, but then I felt like the influencer celebrity market became way too oversaturated with all of the beauty brands coming out, which obviously, if you believe in it, you can still put it out. But for me, my direction completely changed and then I'm like I love clothes I love making people feel good making them feel confident creating things that maybe I'm looking for that I can't find and so I Started with clothes. I actually had an athleisure line years ago called second nature and I wanted it to feel like your second skin That's why I called it second nature because it's second nature to just grab it and put it on and with entrepreneurship there's trial and error and I definitely had a lot of trial and error. Um, I just partnered with people that weren't the right fit for me. And there's some things that happen along the lines that I was just, we couldn't really come back from that. So I just dissolved the whole company and I waited some time. And then I decided to come with Woods by Jordan. And from day one, I've pretty much done everything myself because of what happened to me the last time. I'm like, I'm not doing this again. So... What's by Jordan has evolved. It started with a mesh dress and we're just behind the scenes working on all of the different outlets and ways that we're going to expand the brand, continue to push the messaging, the vision, and um, I'm really having fun with it, although (laughs) it's an everyday thing. When you're an entrepreneur, you're never off the clock. You don't get to like clock out and come back. It's like you constantly have to be on it. Even on vacation, wherever you are, you gotta be on it.
0: So you talked about, you know, the difference between being an entrepreneur and just being the face of a brand. Um, You have a tremendous following on social media, 11 million followers, I think like 400,000 on YouTube. What were some of the differences that you saw and how does that work as far as, like, how much should somebody be charging per Instagram post? Is there a set amount? Every million you should charge, 50000 more. Like, how did you go about it? How do you see some of your friends in the space go about, you know, not getting taken advantage of it? How do you know, like, what's, what's good, what's not good? I should be doing this. I should be charging this much for an Instagram post, stuff like that. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac, or drop a crispy fry between the car seats, or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip.
1: It was just a really long drive.
0: At participating McDonald's,
2: I think it's all well. It's changed a lot since I even started. A lot of people don't have money how they used to, or they're putting it all into maybe more TikTokers, which makes a lot more sense for a lot of people's brands. Mm-hmm. I never promote anything that I can't relate to or that's not authentic, so I say no to a lot more things than I say yes to. But a lot of people could have 50 million followers, but they get 10,000 likes. So I wouldn't always equate following to- Engagement. Yeah, the engagement is what you should get paid for, because I've seen some people with 100,000 followers that get 100,000 likes. So you know that person probably has more people that are paying attention, wanting to, they believe in what they're doing and have people that support them. So I would say brands are more looking for people with better engagement now rather than more following. Um, so it's the price can be dependent on whatever that person wants to charge. I also feel like as a black creator, we're always getting the short end of the stick. We're getting offered less money than someone else. So. You really just gotta make sure you're on top of it. Maybe like see if you have a friend that you can ask. I don't like talking money with friends, but if there's something where you can check, checks and balances to see if it all checks out, um, it's helpful too. But you just gotta be careful because these brands will take advantage of you.
1: Yeah, you talked about getting a short end of the stick. When we think about being an entrepreneur, and we've seen it, especially with, with black women, getting funding to start a business. So, what was that process like for you? I know that there was, you know, you were doing a social media campaign and that brought in revenue, but were there times that you had to go out to get funding to launch some of these businesses?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think you can have a bunch of million dollar ideas, but you gotta have the capital to be able to make your ideas come to life. So, you gotta have a proper business plan, you gotta really strategize what you wanna do and for me lux- luckily i had the luxury of my boyfriend knew i wanted to start some of these businesses so instead of like giving me an extravagant gift for my birthday he gave me the funding to start my business and so that was like a huge a step-, step forward I step in my um, up. <laughs> yeah no that was a huge step forward for me and now i just reinvest all my money back into the company so that one investment helped me continue to make profit. And luckily, I, a lot of people don't see this starting their company, but I was able to make back, you know, all of my investment and more. So
0: so what was the first thing? When you got the investment from, from your boyfriend, what was um, the first thing that you actually did? Did you get inventory, employees? Like, what, what, was it, what did you put the money to use to? For?
2: So I have... I don't have a lot of employees, I just have like what's needed right now, because a lot of people are like, well I need 50 employees, I need this, but you have to pay for all of that before you even make it, so you should just start small and expand as you need it. And so, we have a team, right now we've expanded, um, but starting there was only like three of us. And in the beginning I was like, I'm gonna just ship these like out myself, not realizing. <laughs> It's not like it was it, a lot of what, I would have been at home every single day doing things every single it was too much. So let's drop out
0: the band dog. Yeah.
2: That's what I wanted to feel what it was
0: like <laughs> to <laughs>
1: drop out the band though? Yeah, I did yeah. a little bit. Very similar. Uh-huh. You got the labels. Yes.
2: Even us like for our first drop we decided we were going to like hand deliver all the PR packages. I'm never doing that again either. Up all night. All day in this van that we rented. And then my assistant's boyfriend drove us around and we would just like run to the door and then I would like almost ding dong ditch people because I'm scared. (laughs) I'm not doing that again. But we started really, I won't say from zero, but we started just us three and we're slowly expanding. But you don't have to start big to succeed.
1: Yeah, that's um, part. That, that's part of the journey, yeah. right? Like it, it's a beautiful journey, but it gives you an in-depth look to what it takes to be in this space, and then you get to learn everything about your business. So when you're hiring somebody, and you
2: appreciate you, it more, you, exactly. So I'm you, like, I want to see what it's like to chop, to drop this off this. It's not for me. As
1: a, as a young younger CEO, uh, you're dealing with budgets. Yeah, you're dealing with uh, cash flow. You're dealing with uh, how to hire people, so who's teaching you that or is that something that you're learning as you're going?
2: I think, I don't know, when I turned 18, I moved to New York, I myself, moved to London. I just feel like I've developed a lot of street smarts over time and through the collaborations and partnering with different people. I know what I'm looking for and I'm also big on energy. I know it's a weird thing to say, but like I could tell if someone's full of shit from the beginning. So I'll talk, see if they match the qualifications, go off like the energy that I'm getting. Because here in in this world, in the industry, you're going to hear a lot of people who are really good at talking, but they're not about anything that they say that they are. I give people, not a lot of people, but I've given people a chance, and I found some people recently that I really love that have the qualifications. You pay the money for it. It's more expensive, but you do it right the first time. So... I don't know. I'm just figuring it out as I go.
0: I want to go back to social media. I have two questions. So, you said that you don't like to talk to your friends about money. Yeah. Why? Can you explain? Um.
2: I just feel like money complicates things. If we are having an idea, talking about money in a sense of financial literacy, or is this the right move, or should I buy this, or whatever, it's fine. But like. If we're working together, I want to have a contract, have it all in writing, talk about it once, and then we don't have to talk about it again. Um, I also just feel like people, I wouldn't say my friends, but you just don't know how people are and you don't want people to end up feeling like jealous or counting your pockets or you go out and people are like, well, you could pay for it all. Normally, if I am taking someone out, then I'm going to pay for it anyways, but I just feel like it complicates things. And I don't like sharing financial stuff with really anybody except the people I need to know.
0: Is that something that you just was always like that, childhood? Because I feel like the reason why I'm asking, I feel like it could potentially be beneficial if people shared information, right? Because it's like now, if I know how much money you're making, you may know how much I'm making, we can negotiate better. But if I don't know how much you're making, you don't know how much I'm making, now... Our lack of information sharing is actually to the betterment for corporate.
2: But why would your friend have to know how much money you're making?
0: So, for instance, right, it's like if you have a podcast, right, and we have a podcast, and let's say that we're getting $20,000 for ad read, but you're getting $45,000 for ad read, right? We don't know what the industry, there's no industry standard. It's like when Steph Curry gets a contract, it's public information. So now LeBron knows that this is the standard, mm-hmm. or vice versa. So now their agent can say, okay, well, this, he just got $200 million. We can't go less than that. But imagine if no NBA player knew. I new- think it's
2: so circumstantial then. I would say if you know that you can help your friend, then you can share that information. But if it's not like, if y'all are just hanging out, you don't really need to disclose how much you made yeah. from your podcast or from your brand to, like,
0: I think it's selective. Yeah. But I think it could be beneficial.
2: I think it definitely could be beneficial, especially if you guys want to potentially break bread together or whatever, if you guys are in the same lane, like with sharing the social media posts and stuff like that, like, oh, well, you did a deal with this company. I made 50K and you made 5K, but we have the same amount of followers, you Well, know?
0: So the, my next follow-up question to that was, you said something that you said that black influencers get paid less than white influencers. So, A, I want to know, do you have any personal experience with that? But that also goes back to sharing information. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you might have a friend who's white, who it's the same exact campaign, same exact company, but she's getting paid twice as more. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home.
1: Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: You wouldn't necessarily know that unless they told you.
2: I've had that happen to me a lot, but I wouldn't say it's the person I find out through, like, a PR company or, like, somebody that's in the know that is like, well, I did this deal for this same person for this, and they're offering you this. Um, I wouldn't say it was direct to source, but it's someone internally, so... In a way, it is good to share information sometimes, but when it's like your own personal things that you're working on, I feel like it's good to just keep it to yourself because you never know who's out there like watching or counting your pockets or wanting a piece of the pie and not contributing anything. Um, But look, if I'm winning, then everybody else will win too. You're
1: all going to eat. Yeah. Speaking of information, uh, let's talk about Woods by Jordan. Because you've gotten to this place now. And I'm super excited about it. I see some of the vision, and we got to see some of the clothing. But you had Second Nature. You have First Place. What did we learn from those businesses that we're taking into the new business, good and bad?
2: Um, one, just really believe in the product. Don't put out anything that you have doubts about. I think in um, Second Nature, I wasn't fully confident with some of the things that I put out just because people were like well this is lower production price or this is like it's already made so just put it out and so I ended up putting out something that I didn't fully believe in um, which I believed in it enough but I wasn't like wow this is the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. to where When I put out my dress and I know I focused on the fit and the fabric and I paid the price to make sure it was the quality and somebody went on social media and bashed me for it, I had all the facts. I had all the reason. I was super happy with my product, so I was super just ready to stand behind it. Whereas if I had any doubts about it at all, I would have been like, you know what? they're right, like, maybe I should have done did they, What this. did they
0: say that was critical?
2: Um, I don't wanna bring up um, stuff, but I'll tell you guys, it's not a big deal. On TikTok, there was a girl that made a video about my dress. She bought all three dresses. Um, she made about 15 videos bashing the brand, saying it was, like, the cheapest quality ever. She would never have anyone buy it. She, The seam, she said it was an unstitched seam, which it's called a raw edge. It's so you can have versatility in how you wear it. But she was saying that the seams were undone and just a bunch of, just, if it was constructive criticism, it would have been one thing, but Mm. it was like... Hate. It felt like hate, which, whatever. She's a fashion blogger. I was able to go on there and defend every single part of everything that she said because I'm like, well, this was intentional, I did this, I studied the fabric, I knew my facts, and Mm -hmm. so her video went viral. So I had, in the beginning, I had thousands of people like commenting, bashing my brand, saying I like put out some, she said it was a money grab and whatever, when I went on and defended my brand, our sales went through the roof, because they're like, oh, she knows what she's talking about, like this looks like a good product. Whereas if I put out something that I wasn't confident in, I wouldn't have been able to defend myself in, in those ways. And I would have maybe started to believe some of the things she said, because for me, like, if you're not fully confident in what you're putting out, you might believe what people are saying about it. You might fall into that trap too. So I was like, no, hundred percent. I love this. I believe in it. I stand behind it. Everything I put out with my brand, I love. Um, and that's why this next collection is taking so damn long. <laughs> <laughs>
0: how, how does that feel psychologically when somebody is, you know, talking bad about you, and then there's a bunch of people online that's, you know, believing that? Um, how does it take a toll on you mentally?
2: I was excited.
0: You were because exci- excited.
2: I was excited to defend like something that I put so much work into. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, this is great press, thank you. Because I can, you gave me a reason to go on here and talk about something that I worked hard on. And um, I won't say that about everything. Of course, sometimes things get to me, we're human. Um, But a lot of people in our generation are just struggling with themselves. um, And they're just looking for something to hate. So a lot (laughs) of the time-
0: (laughs) That's a fact.
2: It's like, okay, this isn't really coming from a personal place. It's just because you're miserable and you want to jump on the trend, which is sad because people's brands really get ruined from people jumping yeah. on trends.
0: Yeah. Some a friend of mine told me he said, "Wise well, person told him, if you don't have opposition, find an enemy. It's beneficial." Yeah. Right. If you really think about it, like even in a the movie, there's, there's really no superhero without a villain. Mm-hmm. There's, there's never been a really successful athlete that didn't have an arch nemesis. Like sometimes opposition is actually a good thing because A, it forces you to rise to the best level possible. And then it forces you, like you said, to kind of really make start points on why this is beneficial and why it's different and how it's not the same as everybody's saying it. So a lot of times people think that it's a curse, but it could actually be a blessing. Yeah, yeah.
2: definitely. I, I get it. Um, I like that line, though. There's no superhero without a villain.
1: Yeah. In a world of immediate gratification, talk about the patience that's needed as an entrepreneur, right? Like, you're, you're dealing with oh, delays. We, we know a thing or two about I'm trying to... I'm running
2: out of patience, <laughs> so it's hard to talk about it. Um, no, you know what? We live in a generation where everybody wants, like, instant gratification. They want things to drop yesterday. They don't want to wait. So if you're not constantly dropping, people are gonna forget about you and move to the next thing. For me, it's also like if you drop something that people don't like or it's not as good, then they're gonna bash you and you lose your credibility and they're not gonna to wanna to buy the next thing. So you're constantly stuck in this in-between of like, I need to put something out so people don't forget about me, but I also wanna make sure that it lives up to the quality of what I'm trying to create and so I'm like constantly stuck in the battle of losing patience but being patient because I know it's worth it and um my patience is like I have a little bit left um but you got to be patient because you can't do anything yourself like nothing happens or nothing good happens overnight unless you win the lottery that would be great but um (laughs) it's like just be patient be patient with your journey I think we also put this pressure on ourselves. Like we got to sell out right away if we drop, or if we're 25 and this isn't working out, then we got to figure it out. Like we create these unrealistic timelines for ourselves or where our life should be. And when we don't meet it, then we feel like we failed, Mm. but God already has that timeline for you. So you just need to be patient. And I feel like I know. As a kid, you're like, when I'm 30, I'm going to have this, this, this. And then you finally, I'm not 30 yet. But you get to 30 and I feel like life is not ever what people you, think it yeah. is. You, what,
1: what would be the determinant factor to say that this is successful? Is Are there goals that you've put out for the brand to say, like, if, if we meet these, this will look like success for us?
2: Uh, we're already a success. And I'll say that because... We put out a product, we sold really well, we're doing things that we love, but for me, I'm never like that happy. I'm never fully satisfied, I always want the next. So generally speaking, we are a success and I'm gonna say it so I believe it myself. Um, but I would say like, by quarter four, meeting our goals, having the collections out, I would love for this to be uh, a billion dollar company. I mean, who doesn't want their company to be a billion dollar company? Speak it. Um, But I just feel like my purpose in this life is just to constantly do things and help people and create things that I love and leave a good impact. So if I'm putting things out that people are loving, they feel confident, they're having their core memories in, and they're wearing this dress and living their life, then I already succeeded.
0: You said said that people have false expectations. do you think that that is because of social media? And how do you feel about social? Because you're from a, a generation where you grew up on social media. Like, I remember when it was. I remember when Facebook first came out. But you probably don't even remember that. Like You just was kind of like in it as a kid. So how have you been able to kind of separate your social media? Because you got a lot of followers. And you influence a lot of people. Like a lot of people are looking at your life as aspirational right um how do you separate that and what's your thoughts on the good and bad side of social media hey there ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster oh you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you yeah or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about well get ready to feel that excitement all over again because amazon prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level
2: absolutely
0: It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.
2: Well, I feel like I was the last generation of not having social media. I think I got Instagram when I was like 13 or something like that. So I had like my first my childhood kind of without social media. There was MySpace and stuff, which I had, but mm-hmm. I didn't really, I wasn't like,
0: on like yes. too yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Make us feel
1: old, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um, there's a fine line. I feel like I've felt a shift in social media right now, but it's a blessing and a curse. We're able to connect with so many people, learn so many things. Like, we're about to have the most millionaires, I think, um, evolving in the next few years because of this AI, which actually terrifies me
0: Mm.
2: um, a little bit because not the millionaire part, but like, where is life going? We're eliminating a lot of jobs from people. Um, And there's a lot of beauty in being able to have that platform to be able to like, you know, make money from home and have that luxury of just reaching people all around the world. But I do think that there's a lot of narratives pushed on social media that are very toxic for the upcoming generation the appearance of people their confidence how they feel about themselves what they think they should be doing Um, people hiding behind their phone television whatever it is bullying um and there's like no line between reality and the internet anymore the internet is your it is real. reality. It's a fact.
0: That is a fact. So, I, tell him, I tell him that all the time.
2: It's like, and it's really sad. Like, I don't want to go on social media every day. I can't control that. I'm seeing all of this negative, like, stuff in the press. We don't know what's real, what's not real. I go and I see that somebody passed away and then I could go see a video of it. I don't think that's fair. Like, but I don't think we can control what's put on the internet. Hmm.
1: That's interesting because we do have this conversation all the time. But I want to talk about like in your real life, how that transpires into the work that you're putting out, right? Like when we looked at the dresses, we could see like, wait, this might've been inspired by you being on the beach or you went to a museum and this inspired this. How much is that gonna be put into the work going forward?
2: Yeah, I think I strive for inspiration. I feel like that's what drives the creative, that's what drives an entrepreneur is like being inspired by your environment. I'm inspired by people I see on social media all the time. Social media is our biggest marketing tool, so I'm not here to say that it's terrible. It's great. Um, But I think, I mean, I love social media at the end of the day. It is such a powerful tool in what I'm doing, and it's given me the platform to be able to sell clothes and connect with people and put out my image and my brand and my statement, and I really want people to get to know me this upcoming chapter of my life of who I really am what I do on a day-to-day basis how much work and love I put into things so I feel like a new era and shift of who I am is happening and it's going to happen a lot through social media so because that's how I connect with people um but it's it's just a journey like I said you guys are on this journey I've been on here since I was 13 so people have seen me really grow up on social media, go through a lot of trials, tribulations, trying different things, my style evolving, my finances evolving, my lifestyle evolving. <laughs> um, so it's it's just, I'm ready for the next chapter. We're,
0: we're journeying into the woods. Yes. So right now you have three pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did you keep it small intentionally, not trying to do like a million pieces at one time? Like, just very selective with a few pieces?
2: Yeah, I kept it a few pieces. One, because it's expensive to make. Two, you give people too much, and they get overwhelmed. Um, So I felt like three was perfect. You have one for every different type of person. You want something more colorful. You want something more simple. Black is timeless. And then you kind of have the black with a little bit of color for the people that like darker colors, but not fully black. And then... um, I just feel like simplicity is key. Keep it simple. It's easier. It's a lot easier to promote three dresses rather than 30 dresses. I don't know how I promote selling 30 dresses. Eventually, eventually, once you have that machine going. But Mm
0: -hmm.
2: right now it's just like, since I'm doing everything, I need to keep it simple for my piece, (laughs) for everything.
1: So you said keep it simple and you're doing everything, but you also said that your finances have grown. And so I wonder now, Who is educating you, who's guiding you? Is there an advisor, is there a CPA, is it super mom? Who's managing the brand as far as the financial aspect of it?
2: Um, I think I have a little bit of help from a few different people, financial advisor. um, Mom will make sure I'm not spending too much (laughs) even though I buy things that I feel like are necessary and not. I don't have a shopping problem, maybe more a little bit recently. But, um,
1: she said she can't confirm or deny that.
2: <laughs> I think that's an accurate answer. Um, but no, I'm, I'm always open to learning more. I feel like there's so many like, loopholes, different things to learn. As a, Every day I learn something new. Um, I want to invest in more things. and I don't know much about the stock market. I don't know much about investing too many things, but... Um, I eventually want to get into real estate because that's one industry that is never going anywhere.
0: Real estate's forever. Well if you need a stock market tutorial, we got you.
2: yeah, I need to get into the stocks. I don't know how it works.
0: Yeah, yeah we'll set up a zoom call we'll give you a, We'll give you a one on one. So uh, like
2: if you had to invest in any like type of company right now, are you leaning more towards like tech or like
0: So I think you go TV. with you, you go with the strongest companies right? And the strongest company in the world is Apple. So that would, that's the leading horse in the last decade. So that is a, a company that would probably be a good company to invest in, right? I don't see Apple slowing but down. wouldn't
2: there be, like, so many, like, wouldn't it be so oversaturated?
0: No. So the way that you think is what you just said is very insightful because that's how most people think. And they're like, all right. This is a short sure thing. I want to go with what we call penny stocks, mm-hmm. or a company that nobody knows, because then I have an opportunity to get like ten thousand percent on my money, but that comes with a lot of risk. This is like Dogecoin mm-hmm. and a lot of these cryptos where people yeah, I definitely got some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for the transparency. Yeah, no, nah, but I mean it's common, it's right? People, it's not people look past people, <laughs> people. People look past the obvious to try to hit a home run, but mm-hmm. when you invest in you want to mitigate risk. You want to go safety. Safety first. If you don't boy mm-hmm. the number one rule is safety first. So go with the safe investment over the risky investment.
2: Unless you just got money to risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, but you, it's kind of one of those things. Like you said, Apple, you know that company, right? You probably get that new phone every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? it's an investment.
2: And the 14 sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wish I kept the. Same but they thing. have they have something that hopefully every brand can aspire to have, and that's brand loyalty, right? Like you might feel that way, but if you put that out, there will be a million people saying you're out of your mind. Oh this- no,
2: I went to the Apple store because my phone was glitching like bad, and the guy that works there, he's like, I'm so upset I got the 14. He's like, this happened to my phone, and it's just because it's not a good phone, like.
0: This episode is sponsored by Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm going to buy the
2: next one and the next one and, and the next, next one. one. But
1: That's the brand loyalty, right? But, so, but, like, When you have a drop, people are going to want to have their first drop. They're going to have the second one. And like you create that, that brand loyalty. And it doesn't matter what you put out. Mm-hmm. People are going to support it because they trust you and they trust your brand. But, but, but getting you trust the people's trust. Is key. And they had to do that, right? 1984, they didn't have the trust. Mm-hmm. Microsoft might have had the trust. Right? but as they put out new products, revolutionary products, products that were changing the way we communicated with each other, you build that brand loyalty. Yeah. But I would wanted to go back to what you said, you, you talked about AI. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you keep hearing it and you keep hearing it, but most people are like, all right, I'm scared of it. There's another way to look at it, like if this is going to be the new te- technology of our future, How do we become a part of it? And the best way to become a part of it is to invest in companies. I'm
2: about to make some AI dresses.
1: (laughs) That are doing that, right? So like if you can find a company that's doing it, maybe it's Microsoft, maybe it's a company like NVIDIA that's creating graphic cards. These companies are gonna be in the forefront of it. So if you keep hearing (laughs) about something in the news.
2: Look into the stock.
1: Look into like the companies that are in the forefront of it that are leading that way.
0: But also I think that as an entrepreneur, there's a lot to learn from like different top companies. So like Apple, mm-hmm. for instance, right? There's a lot to learn from a company like Apple where essentially they sell phones, right? It's not something that's very glamorous, but they've turned into a luxury pretty, brand.
2: Pretty glamorous. Well, it's a
0: luxury brand. <laughs> yeah. So when you go into the Apple store, it feels like an art gallery. Mm-hmm. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba right? It's, ex- it's, it's open experience. areas, white walls, it's 40 employees. Everybody has the same. So it's not like you go going to a T-Mobile store and you're feeling mm-hmm. like you're in a phone shop, right? So even for us, like when we curate events, it's financial literacy, but we've been able to curate events where it's like, it's a vibe. Mm-hmm. And we took different pieces from other companies where it's like, okay, even the vertical integration, vertical integration. Like if you look at Apple on their phone, it's really, it's like a house that you can't leave because you got the music on your phone, mm-hmm. you have all of the apps on your phone, all of the social media on your phone, the maps on your phone, the maps on places, your money, yeah, and the Apple Wallet. So but look, think
2: about apps. Apps didn't exist before Apple made the, the App iPhone. Store,
0: and they take thirty percent of every app. So it's <laughs> like, that alone is a Fortune one hundred company. We can go mm-hmm. on and on about Apple, but there's a lot of great business lessons. But I wanted to ask you as far as your marketing. Um, What's your marketing plan? Obviously you have social media, so I know you're pushing mm-hmm. it on social media, but is it to get other influencers, like a Fashion over model, or is it to do like pop-up events? Um, do you, I'm sure you don't want to saturate your own personal media, social media too much with pushing your brand, so how what's your marketing for, for your, your clothing brand?
2: Like you said, building that loyalty system. Um, it's just like when you're someone in my position, people are looking to hate it already. <laughs> They're like, I'm not going to like it. I'm you like this. put it out and they're like, I, I hate it. They don't even know what it is, but they hate it. Um, so really building, you know, that trust with people, getting people to like it, try it. Probably doing some type of influencer program, loyalty program where like people can try the dress and like give their honest feedback. That's natural marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely doing some pop-ups. I wanted to try to do one by the end of the year. Um, I don't want to give away my idea because I don't want somebody to take it. Um, But doing kind of like a infused, like not full pop-up, it's an experience where you can buy maybe some clothes that are exclusive to that pop-up. Kind of also taking people along on the journey more so they can be invested in the story of the brand and know the intention behind everything um getting more people on the team to help with marketing since that isn't my specialty Mm -hmm. Uh, which we have some really awesome people that have helped with that Um, really building that brand identity the story out um and making dope ass product really that people like they don't care who put it out it's cool so i'm gonna wear it
1: yeah I, i was thinking about that is it important to have a dope ass product or is it important to know that I made the dope ass product. There's like a balance there.
2: I think there's a balance with everything. Um, But the crazy thing is marketing is everything. Cause I see a lot of products that are not like really good, but the marketing's on point, the story's on point and they'll sell out just because they believe in it because of the story. Mm -hmm. So having that storytelling As well as when you have the quality and the storytelling, you have a a win-win situation. You're like, okay, I bought the product, the quality's there, I'm going to forever buy that product.
1: When when you're dealing with quality, you have to also take into account price points. Mm -hmm. So how how did you manage to figure out this is the appropriate price point for us to have this luxury brand?
2: Uh, If I could sell things for... $20, at what You put out something for $10 and it's too much for some people. But then Gucci or Louis Vuitton will put out a shirt that's the most random shirt for $2,000 and people are like, oh, that's easy. So it's just finding like that price point that you can make a profit and also you can give it to them at the lowest possible price without upcharging too much. For me, like I found the sweet spot or I feel like Maybe I'm wrong for saying this, but like for me, when I was younger, a hundred dollars could last me like two week, like a while. Now I feel like a hundred dollars is like getting a twenty dollar bill. I'm like
1: that's fill up your gas <laughs> tank.
2: Yeah, it's like a hundred dollars just to go down the street. I'm not saying that's no money, but I'm like, if it's in that hundred range, I feel like it's something that's achievable for the people that are on social media that are buying other things. Whereas like. Even if you look at Fashion Nova prices right now, some of the dresses are like 89, 90 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's, if it's $123 that for something that's gonna last you forever, you kinda look at it as an investment piece rather than something that you wear and it's gonna like tear apart after yeah. you wear it. So for me, it's like when you invest in something that's timeless, you end up saving more money in the long run. Mm-hmm
1: yeah investment piece, I like that
0: and like <laughs> yeah. you said, I mean it's people the quality is good, um but more importantly is how people feel about the brand mm-hmm. Starbucks they don't have the best coffee, but they've created a culture, they have a, a cool logo um and it's a it's a vibe
2: they've taken a lot of my money over the years for sure
0: yeah, it's like you know McDonald's I think McDonald's is probably has the top one hundredth burger in America, but <laughs> people believe in their brand
2: yep. It's accessible. It's in front of your face. It's attainable to a lot of people, even though their prices, I think, have gone up quite a bit from when I was a kid. McDonald's? Yeah.
0: Haven't ate McDonald's in 27 years. I don't know. Playful. I haven't eaten
2: McDonald's either, <laughs> but I, when That's I was a, a kid, after school, going to get those Happy Meals.
1: <laughs> the number two was four twenty-five. I remember it. I used to buy it all the time. It's not four twenty-five It's anymore.
2: probably like 10 bucks.
1: <laughs> I don't know how much two cheeseburgers cost.
2: Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs>
1: I
0: have no clue. Eating McDonald's in 2023 is crazy. But- This episode is not brought to you by McDonald's. It's not brought to you by right <laughs> so No
2: shame if you eat McDonald's though. No, it's,
0: it's just, it's an interesting choice to make. But, um-
2: <laughs> But it's not an investment for your
0: health. Yes. What is, um, what's next for you? What is next for you? Uh, what's on your vision board? What are you looking to accomplish in the next, you know, couple of years?
2: I'm um, Really just expanding what's by Jordan putting out as many products as I can that I believe in. I have like a whole vision board and drawings and designs, the products that I'm hoping to get out in the next year. Um, Building out some of those pop-ups and museums that I wanna do. I'm working on some stuff in the uh, franchising world. So that's my side hustle. And I don't know, being healthy, being happy It's hard to say because my life changes so much by month. But I just know I want to really lock in on expanding the brand, getting carried in maybe some stores outside of um, my own. Because right now we're just e-commerce. I don't really think I want to have any flagship stores at the moment because it's expensive and people are mainly buying online Mm -hmm. um but maybe getting carried in like a Nordstrom or like something like that would be a huge step and the possibilities are really endless
1: yeah you have it we we watched you grow up like you said to hear franchising to hear e-commerce to hear expansion extremely excited for your future Thank Congratulations!
2: You. I can't yeah. wait to go skydiving
1: with you. That's the <laughs> That's, 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 that's what we're doing
0: now. We're going there now. We're actually headed to the, the, the plane to now. Yes. Thank you for the hospitality. Thank you for having us and much continued success to you. For Thank
2: sure. you. Yeah, you too. Congratulations on your guys' expansion of your show. Appreciate
0: it. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank. You. Appreciate it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's a wrap on set. It's a wrap for Jordan Woods, yo. That was dope. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
1: This is a Fast Financial Fact sponsored by Xfinity.
0: This week's fact, teaming up with an established brand may not always be the way to go. A well-crafted partnership agreement
1: with a legal professional or business advisor can outline the roles and obligations of each partner and help prevent potential conflict or misunderstandings down the line.
0: You should always weigh the pros and cons of ownership versus partnership when looking to enter a new business or expand an old one.
2: Assets over liabilities is presented by Xfinity.